Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to tonight's edition of the Whitfield Report, uh, broadcasting live from NGC Studios uh, at youtube.com forward slash the uh, Whitfield Report. Uh, also, uh, broadcasting live on unsamurized.tv as OJ what as OJ's White Bronco uh, points out in the chat. Oh, seven to you all. Uh, so far, we have OJ and Irrational Times in the chat. So I want to thank everyone too who is uh, lurking in the uh, you know in the stream too. We have, uh, oh, we have Nirai in the chat, too. I know we have some lurkers, uh, probably watching as well. And, uh, of course, to all of you who are listening to this later on the podcast on Sunday, welcome to you as well. Uh, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Contact info as usual. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at 70 uh, follow me on Minds and Gab at Sam Whitfield, Facebook.com forward slash Whitfield Report. The Sam Whitfield.com is my uh, web address. And yeah, you can also uh, support the show by going to Streamlabs.com forward slash The Whitfield Report if you want to send me a donation. I will be getting uh, the text to speech feature set up here uh, too for this program. Uh, for this software I should say and uh, anger.fm forward slash Whitfield Report if you want to donate monthly alright ladies and gentlemen so uh, welcome to the Saturday show and cancel culture is officially cancelled uh, last week I, I did a audio podcast uh, entitled why comedy will save America uh, in which I reviewed um, Dave Chappelle's special and Bill Burr's special, and I talked how um, basically the uh, the outrage that social justice warriors and their ilk have against like stand-up comedy. That's why uh, you know ordinary sane people vote voted for. Someone like Trump, who was a complete troll, or just trolled the left into oblivion. And, uh, you know, he's been a pretty great president overall, but that's what happens when you force political correctness and all this clown world culture, uh, you know, onto it. Onto America. We're going to, we're going to vote a, uh, no nonsense, you know, un PC, uh, you know, Dude, which is what which is what we did with Trump. Well, the uh, you know the culture war has continued. Obviously, the left a couple of years ago they tried to shut down Louis C.K. and uh, as most of you know, Louis is one of my favorite uh, comedians. Not just in terms of like his material, but also uh, as I mentioned, in terms of the way he films. His uh, specials and whatnot, and uh, I guess Louie has been uh, on tour as of late, uh, getting back out there in the in the 
uh, comedy scene, and uh, the audiences love him, but the uh, you know the official critics are not too happy that he's back at all, not at all. So uh, there was an article uh, from the Chicago Tribune uh, that I want to read here. Uh, and this is, let me, let me see if I can get rid of the, uh, pop-up. See, this is why I hate going to news websites, too, is there, are, there are endless amounts of pop-ups here, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Alright. So, this comes from the folks at the uh, Chicago Tribune. Uh, Review. Louis C.K. makes no apologies in his run of shows at Rosemont. We weren't even allowed to take a note. Uh, By this schmuck, uh, Zach Freeman. I don't know, maybe he's not a schmuck, but... From his byline, it sure seems like he's doing an awful lot of, uh, you know, whining from his headline there. Uh, anyone expecting an apology or remorse from comedian Louis C.K. regarding his widely reported sexual misconduct, first reported in, in the New York Times in November of 2017, will have to keep looking. He avoided apologizing in the statement he issued in the wake of the original story two years ago, uh, which I'm pretty sure he did apologize. You know, he said, I'm sorry if I offended any of the the ladies coming forward. So he did apologize, so that's a lie. Uh, But anyway, uh, he did... He avoided apologizing in the statement he issued in the wake of the original story two years ago. False, as I just covered. Uh, and in his late set Thursday night at uh, Zany's in Rosemont, uh, I've been to Chicago, but I've never been there before. Uh, the second of six shows over the three days that were quietly announced and quickly sold out early this week, he seemed to be working to reframe himself as the victim. Which, uh, you know, given the fact that he was part of, like, a big witch hunt, ladies and gentlemen, he kind of was, I would say. Uh, at times during his show, he almost reveled in the shame, claiming everyone in the audience as a thing that they do sexually that would be embarrassing if anyone found out, and how privileged we are that unlike for him, no one knows what it is. Okay, now, if you read that just as, like, an ordinary reader, obviously that sounds like a kind of, like, a a dick thing to say, pardon the pun, but if you read, if you read that statement in, in Louis' voice as I did, it, it's it's hilarious. He, uh, you know, he, he, he makes jokes and critiques about society like that all of the time. So that's actually funny. Uh, his own 
culpability in the reports of a ma- of him uh, masturbating in front of women were unmentioned. Uh, why does he need to bring that up? Everyone, everyone knows what he did. Uh, instead, he puts the fo- he put the focus squarely on how he has been affected by the thought. He used to play arenas, he noted at one point with a cynical laugh, reminding the audience how lucky they were to see him in such an intimate space. Uh, I mean, was that the point, or are you self-projecting there, uh, you know, Mr. Zack? Uh, but he doesn't want anyone quoting him on that. On top of that, the use of a yonder case to keep everyone's phones uh, locked up throughout the course of the show, which is something that a number of comics have begun doing in the last few years to avoid leaked recordings of their set getting out. Uh, this show came with an additional dis- cloner that I've never seen before. Uh, recording of any kind, including note-taking, is not permi- permitted. Uh, in the showroom. You'll be asked to leave. Uh, yeah, and exactly. There, There's a reason for that. Uh, it's not to silence the press. It's to keep people from stealing, uh, bits and, uh, new materi- materials. See, I'm not even a comedian. But, uh, unlike the guy writing this, uh, Article. I have friends who have uh, done comedy before, and the way that this whole game uh, tends to work, from what I understand as a uh, comedy enthusiast myself, is um, you come up with uh, material, you test it out at a club. If it works, you go into the, you start, you know performing that material at uh, clubs, you go on tour if you get really big, and then you film a special every year or so, and then you, uh, you know, start the whole thing over. Now, you know, as you get, like, more and more popular, some comics do, like, you know, they, they recycle bits sometimes when they're on tour. It's kind of like how different bands have, you know, songs that they play. They're, you know, their greatest hits. But, uh, yeah, they don't... Comics don't want people taking notes or recording because they don't want their materials stolen. That's pretty much it. Uh, okay. Continuing on... Uh, I tested the waters during one of the opening acts by using a pencil to write down the comic's name. Uh, Mike Earley, by the way, on a comment card at the table, and someone quickly approached me, pointed and said, uh, there's no writing during the show. Again, this guy who approached this journalist probably thinks that, you know, he didn't know this, that this guy was a journalist. He would have just you know, been a guy trying to steal an act. Okay. Uh, 
at one point, CK talked how we expect uh, cripples to be happy with their situation, but notes that if he lost his likes, he'd never be happy. Uh, ten years after losing his likes, he wouldn't move on, he asserted. He'd still be complaining how he wish he still had legs. Uh, it's not a huge jump to make a connection to see how Lucy K sees himself as the victim in all this. Uh, claiming how he lost $35 million in an hour when the story came out. And that he's still upset about that loss. Well, I mean... Wouldn't, he, wouldn't you be if you lost $35 million? In an hour? Well, first of all, like, that's an, that's an amount of money that I can't even comprehend, you know, having. But if I had, if I had $35 million, and then I lost, if I had $35 million in an, if I had $35 million at all at one point in my life, I would be, you know, that would be awesome, that would be, be thrilling. And then to lose all of that in less than an, than an hour, geez, I, I really could understand personally, ladies and gentlemen, why people would be upset. Uh, later on, he spent a good amount of time breaking down the R word. That would be retard, ladies and gentlemen. Or uh, as as I like to say... The that's uh, or you know, as I like to say, Owen Benjamin. So, uh, noting that when he was growing up in the 1970s, it was the correct word to use. He claims no mentally disabled people have uh, ever been offended by it, which is actually true, by the way, in, in my experience. Most people who are like legitimately who have, like, legitimately uh, mental retardation, they're not... They're not... They're not offended by it, you know, unless, like, someone is purposely being mean by using it. You know, then that's one thing, but, you know, most... Like, I don't... I don't get offended by the word cripple at all, and I'm in a... I'm in a wheelchair. It doesn't offend me, but, uh... Okay. Uh, his central, getting back to the article, his central conceit here seems to be the increasingly common refrain of many comedians that people are ready to be outraged about the things that don't affect them personally. Which, uh, you know, brilliant observation here there, Mr. Journalist. And, uh, yeah, that is kind of Louis point, believe it or not. I know it may be hard for some of you guys to, uh, you know, grasp this, but people are actually, uh, you know, okay with comedy. Uh, we don't all, we don't all live with a stick up our ass. Um, okay. And finally, towards the end of his set, he said that, well, he's glad that homosexuality has become more acceptable in society as well. He wonders if there are any gay people who are actually upset by this acceptance. Uh, positing that part of the enjoyment they felt was in engaging in 
behavior others saw as bad or wrong. And considering whether they even enjoyed being gay anymore if it's not a secret. So, breaking off from this article, ladies and gentlemen, I have to... I have to wonder here regarding the, to this, uh, you know, gay bit that Louis uh, doing on homosexuality. I have to wonder if uh, Louis has been watching Milo videos on YouTube during his time off because that seems to be a, uh, you know, this this seems to be a common refrain that Milo has been saying for a while. The the fact that, you know, part of being gay was the mystique of being bad. So just... Back to this, uh, you know, journalist bitching constantly. Uh, this bit of pondering uh, felt like his biggest confession of the night. Even without a direct mention of his own predilections serving as a as a direct rebuke to the claim that he didn't know what he was doing was wrong as he thought uh the wrongness of it was the point uh mixed in with some jokes that seem vulgar just for vulgarity's sake he had plenty of what could be considered classic Louis C.K. material, quote-unquote round classic. Uh, stuff that pushes what's generally acceptable to joke about while attempted to, attempting to make a point in the process, including a few jokes about his mom dying. These jokes are still rough, he made. Uh, these jokes are still rough, he made clear, because his mom just died in June. Uh, but can Okay, this is my favorite part of the article. Uh, but can Louis C.K. on an unpublicized, downright furtive tour of the country work with the same level of nuanced material as the theater-packing comedian of, pre-7- of pre-2017? And more importantly, does he have an audience that wants him to? Uh, to answer your first question there, uh, Mr. Journo Man, I would say, fuck yeah. Uh, you know, people want to see Louie. Um. Many in the audience Thursday night seemed happy just to clap anytime he said something off, off color. Of course, because... You know, that's whole that's Louis' whole shtick. That's Ben is shtick for twenty years. Or closer to thirty years ever since he's done you know, Colin. He's he's in the same league of edge comics as George Carlin. Uh he lost his train of thought at one point, wondering out loud what he what he had been trying at when an audience member yelled, baby rape. Uh, this was, in fact, a technically accurate response in regards to what CK had been talking about. Uh, but for a moment, CK looked surprised and a bit chagrined uh, by the interaction. 
it reminded me of Dave Chappelle telling Maya Angelou on the show uh, Iconoclast that he didn't that he quit uh, Chappelle's show because he didn't like the way someone laughed at a particular uh, sketch. In that moment, CK seemed to be faced with the awkward uh, fervor of someone clearly too ecstatic about the surface-level horror of his subject matter. And if only for and if only for bullying, he seemed completely uh, turned off by it. But then he took a cup, a drink from his cup, and pushed on. I don't even get what bit uh, this guy writing this article is talking about here, though. Nowhere in the article does it say that CK was joking about baby about baby rape. But anyway, let's uh, let's speaking of pushing on, let's push on through this article. Uh, but, uh, we live in a, uh, world where everyone wants their feelings heard, the guy next to me, the guy next to me told me adamantly before his show, when I asked if he thought CK would address his sexual misconduct, uh, well, I hope he doesn't apologize, the guy and audience members like him are certainly getting what they're looking for out of Lou C.K.'s current tour. I wonder if, if Lewis is. Uh, oh, so this guy who wrote the article, who wrote the article this Zach Freeman guy, um, he's not even an actual... Uh, He's not even an actual uh, reporter for the Chicago Tribune. He's a freelancer. And uh, it does indeed seem like he was going on a fishing trip there, uh, you know, to try and, uh, you know, get outraged about Louis' special. Um, at any rate, though... Uh, before I go on to, uh, before I, you know, give some reaction, let me, uh, let me look at through some of the comments. Um, uh, all hail Sam, king of the gravelers. Well, I mean, I do like Dennis Prager, so I, I guess uh, you're right, uh, OJ. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, this this journalist totally could be asked if you're, um. A- Sam should try to restream to uh, restream.io and uh, broadcast on DLive and Twitch as well. Yeah, yeah, but, boy, um, 
I was using Restream for a while when I first started uh, doing YouTube live streaming. I'll probably, uh, I probably will start using it at one point. It was really buggy though, like last year when I started using it. But uh, uh, yeah, I'll get on D Live. So, uh, <laughs> evil era. Evil Eric, Sam has zero friends on Sunstar. Uh, oh man, that is a, that is an old reference, Friendstar is. So, <laughs> um, OJ's, OJ's by wrong, says, I follow Sam in an all black, uh, jogging suit. Um, why 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 is the why is the serial why is the serial killer here? Uh good question. I have no I have no idea why <laughs> why QAnon bear bears here. But I'm I'm happy that you're uh I'm happy that you're here nonetheless because uh I have some more uh videos to play. So um actually I haven't what am I talking? I haven't played any videos. So, um, as I was saying, ba ba ba. So, there's a pushback against all this, uh, PC, um, you know, outrage culture, uh, in comedy, which is good. Bill, Bill Burr's doing it, Louis doing it, uh, Which is good. Yeah, yeah, I, I know, I know, Nuraya. Um, so, but um, anyway, uh, in in regards to the whole Louis C.K. thing, I I do want to take people on like a brief flashback, real quick, uh, because. Bill Burr about like two years ago did a really damn good job, in my opinion, of basically summing up, uh, you know, what the whole uh, Louis C.K. situation, how it was going to turn into a, a witch hunt. So I'm not going to play the whole uh, part of this, but this is basically Bill Burr's take on the whole Louis situation, and I think it's pretty spot on. I'll I'll break it down. This is from this is from two years ago after it happened. So, uh, you know, video number one. Uh, this is Bill Burr talks about Louis C.K.'s uh, misconduct. Clip number one. Go. Working at the. Uh... Westside Comedy Club. You got to go there. Some old friends of mine opened the place up. That's why I did it. I had the best time. And what was really cool is it was mostly, you know, podcast listeners. So I could say whatever the fuck I thought, essentially, in these times. You know what I mean? Everything that's going on. You know, I heard like those fucking people were going down to the comedy cellar and then writing down what other comics were saying about Louis C.K. and all of that type of stuff. was just It's just so fucking... 
it's such a crazy time right now. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know. I love Louis CK and that was really obviously just a fucking hard thing to see happen to somebody. And he was definitely a hundred percent wrong. I'll just say this. He was a hundred percent wrong. He did own up to it. And I think he will definitely be back. Um, I will say that. And I also knew a couple of the women that he did this shit to. And I, I just feel bad for everybody. It's just fucking terrible. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what else you, you say about it. I feel like I'm in a divorce where you know both the mom and the dad. You need just, you gotta like pick a fucking side here. Uh, you know, I don't know. All, all I think that just this new thing though is like, like the level of witch hunt that happened when the Louis thing came out, like the amount of fucking people that they went after was just fucking, it was like six degrees of Louis dick, you know, to the point that even the, the fucking Huffington post was even trying to like, you know, list people, the clients of the same manager that he had and stuff, who by the way, is one of the great people I've ever met in life. I stand by my fucking manager, and I'm never firing the guy. I've been with this guy since 2006. Dave Becky's one of the great people that I've met in this business. I love that guy. I still have him over my house for fucking dinner. Watching everybody just, oh, I think I remember this happening 15 fucking years ago, and then watching everybody try to burn down this guy's life. It's, it's just fucking ridiculous. Okay, so... <laughs> This is the main point that I wanted to go uh, off on as well. People are uh, going after in the SJW crowd. People are going after Louis' manager, uh, Dave Becky. This is uh, America. That that's a weird shot of Bill Burr to uh, pause on. (laughs) By the way, but I've got to get this out real quick. Um. The fact that, like, people are coming after the, uh, you know, the manager of Louie and, like, I guess, uh, Bill Burr's manager and, you know, saying, like, all this shit about, uh, you know, Louie and all this stuff is, uh, pretty interesting. It's like the, the manager wasn't responsible for Louie's uh, you know, faults, but as always, it's it's guilt by association with the uh, you know, far left and with the SJWs. So, what are you gonna do? Have a due process. Like the whole thing is just like it's fucking insane. I wouldn't be surprised if they're going after Louis C.K.'s mailman, saying if you deliver his mail, you're part of the problem. Um, you know, and it doesn't seem to be like there's any sort of like, you know, in the judicial system where there's like, if you steal a bike, you get this sentence. If you rob a bank, you get this. If you kill somebody, if you kill a whole bunch of people all the way up to the death penalty. Yeah. This kind of seems like it's become, um, it doesn't make a difference if it's sexual misconduct all the way to sexual assault slash rape you know you're getting the exact same uh like level of punishment um so that's only my question okay out of all of this because he was definitely wrong obviously i mean mean, it's all obvious shit that i'm saying but uh 
Does the punishment match the crime? Because, you know, sexual misconduct, when you talk of sexual misconduct, like I, I don't, I would, I don't know how many podcasts I would have to do to tell you all the stories of sexual misconduct with just women as a stand-up comedian who used to go out after his shows selling his posters and all and taking pictures with you. Just the fucking women. Okay? And I'll tell you, it was never any of the young ones. It was always these middle-aged fucking women, couple glasses of red wine. Oh, God. And they come at you with their va-va-va-boom energy and you'd be like, oh, no, here we go. You know, that's my advice. Young male comics out there, young female comics, there's plenty of information out there for you now about watching out for creepy guys. But I don't think there's anything out there for young male comics. I will tell you this, okay? If you're going to go out and meet a crowd afterwards, when middle-aged women, you can tell they've had too much wine beyond the fact that they're sort of teetering on their high heel shoes with their old feet sticking out of them. You just look for the gray teeth, all right? And a little bit too much makeup. And then, they, you know, they got the girls out a little bit. Just fucking watch yourself, okay? Because that's, uh, that's the old cheerleader who is not aging well and is freaking out that guys don't, you know, find her attractive anymore. Okay, and by the way, uh, I have to say that from what I've heard from some of my friends who are, uh, you know, opening acts, uh, some who are, you know, still in, Den- in Denver, I have, a, I have a few friends, actually, who I went to high school with, uh, who are now uh, comedians. And, uh, you know, granted, they're like in their first or second year, but yeah, I mean, they're in their they're in their mid 20s, you know, they're like my age, they're 24, 25. And, uh, you know, they've told me that, like, aside from, you know, some of, like, you know, aside from, like, the girls that we went to high school with who are just coming out there to support and, like, all the ones that are actually, like, hitting on them are, are all, like, the middle-aged soccer moms, too. So, yeah, everything Bill is saying about that is spot on. And I'm telling you, they're going to come up to you, you know, cover your junk. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Dude, I had a woman lick my neck one time. And I'll tell you, worse than the touch of her tongue, her old ass, disgusting wine breath tongue on my fucking neck. By the way, uh, for those of you in the chat, yeah, Wawa is a gas station and it's pretty damn good. Uh, but with that being said, I, I also have, uh, stories uh, about Wawa that I might have to share in like another podcast down the road. Maybe when we're doing like a free for all stream. Than that was, I felt her breath right before the Eagle landed. I will, uh, oh, gee. oh, and forget about gay guys. Jesus Christ. I could do another half podcast on that one. We're just talking about sexual misconduct. Um, I always wanted to rub your chest. The fuck did you just do? (laughs) I remember one time, and this is the thing about a guy. When it happens to a guy, it's just funny. Just for the simple fact that, you know, generally speaking, 
You can overpower whoever the fuck is coming at you. I'm not a, I'm not a little boy. So I get why nobody gives a shit when this happens to a guy. I get it. Um, I remember I was dating this absolutely lovely woman, beautiful woman. She danced on Broadway. She was such a sweetheart. I loved her to death. And I completely fucked it up because I was an angry young man. So I'm sorry to her. Right. So she was dancing in this thing um, called Broadway Bears, which was like they used to do this thing to raise money. It was like a burlesque show. So it wasn't like this creepy titty bar thing. It was just, uh, you know, if you ever go to a burlesque show, which my wife took me to one to see that Dita Von Teese, I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? She's going to take me down here to go to go see basically go to a rated PG-13 strip club. I have the coolest wife ever. And then I got down there and I think I was the only straight guy there. And it was like mostly gay guys. Right. And uh, that's what this Broadway. Quick question there, uh, Billy. Was uh, Owen Benjamin there by chance? Just have to ask. Bears thing was it? It wasn't like the creepy Hooters vibe. So it's actually better if there's a bunch of gay dudes there, because I always did that whole, I like Hooters, strip clubs, titty bars, and all. Hooters is not creepy. Shit, it's just like... How dare you, sir? That's something that's, like, fascinating when you're, like, in your 20s, I think. And then somewhere, you know, if you're progressing, if you're maturing, oh, well, that at some point it. it just becomes gross. Or at the very least, like, this is fucking stupid. You know? I want to go out and get laid. I'm going to sit here looking at naked women who aren't going to fuck me. You know, this is stupid. While losing a ton of money, paying for watered-down drinks. What? No, I don't want to eat in here. You're in the sex industry. Get away from me. I want to order some food, right? So I go down to this Broadway Bears thing, right? And so all the gay guys are going nuts about the dudes. Well, it had the name Bear in it, so I'm thinking that does answer our question of whether or not Owen was there, right? Because it was named Broadway Bears, and Owen has head of the Unbearables. So, we know. Uh, and by the way, QAnon Bear, you know what that makes you. So, then. I'm looking at all these women going like, oh my god, right? Fucking dancer legs, they were incredible, right? Oh, by the way, they also were really talented. <laughs> right? So... The fucking show ends. And I'm waiting for my girlfriend at the time to come out. And this fucking, out of nowhere, this guy came up and just smacked me on the ass. And it wasn't like, like, it was like if you were playing football, it was good game. But at that place, it wasn't. This guy wanted to fucking hook up with me. Dude, he hit me so hard. Like, I almost fucking got whiplash. And I fucking turned around. And I can't say what I said to the guy. Um, but I made it clear to him that I wasn't gay. And I'll never forget, he just, like, put his hands up and was, like, backing away. And I remember when he put his hands up, the dude had these fucking guns. And I was just like, you know, I don't know what this guy's thinking right now, but if he wanted to do something, I don't know if there's anything I could do about it. <laughs> I'll never forget his, his big, hairy, gay arms just coming out. Oh, I'm sorry, I just fucking... <laughs> No, he didn't even talk like that. I'm doing like the hacky gay voice. He had just like a regular dude voice. And, um, oh, dude, I got a zillion of those. Fucking zillion of those fucking stories. 
if we're talking sexual misconduct here and um and you know what's funny is the reason i stopped going out after my shows wasn't all of those fucking witches of eastwick drunk bitches coming up to me doing god knows what right just crossing all kinds of fucking lines like you're literally like you're a cartoon character. What made me finally stop was that time the guy went to take the camera out to take the picture of his girlfriend or wife and a loaded nine millimeter fell on the fucking ground. And it was right on the ground and I, I should have kicked it away. You know, all the episodes of Stasky and Hutch I watched, I didn't. I just froze. I pointed at the gun. And I went, dude, what the fuck? And I let him bend down and pick it up. And I just stood there. I've never felt more white in my life. You know what I mean? Just classic cul-de-sac like, uh, hey, Frank, I believe you dropped your pistol. Thanks, Bill. Blows my fucking brains out. Oh, you hear that? That's my alarm. I got up a little early. So anyways, people, uh, I think it's a great thing that all of this stuff is coming out because there's no way that women should have to be tolerating this. They've tolerated. All right. Um, I can't remember where it is in this clip. Maybe I I already passed, but there is a there is a part in this uh, clip where basically Bill Burr says it, it's that it's ridiculous that like Louis is getting shoved in the same category as like uh, you know Harvey Weinstein or you know uh, specifically that like. Everyone from Aziz and sorry to, you know, Louis C.K., you know, who, you know, are doing, like, minor infractions. Basically, like, everyone is Harvey Weinstein now in the eyes of the Me Too movement. And, uh, you know, that's that's what the Me Too movement basically started at. It's, uh, it... You know, it started off with a good cause, like, trying to, you know, like, out Harvey Weinstein and, you know, expose, like, all his misdeeds, which, you know, people people in Hollywood also knew what Harvey Weinstein what was out. Like, there were a lot of people who were coming, but, or, um, come on. But, um, you know, you've, you've got to, uh, but, you know, to say that, like, Louis and you know, that, like, you know, Louis C.K. and Aziz Ansari and, uh, you know, like, all these other comics, to say they're, that they're in the same league as, like, you know, Harvey Weinstein or Bill Cosby is ridiculous. It really is uh, quite ridiculous. Um, so now... You know, like, Me Too gave way to the whole cancel culture thing, too. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned in last on last week's Thursday podcast, you know, the fact that, like, a lot of people are pushing back against, uh, you know, like, the critics' reviews of Bill Burr's special and Dave Chappelle's special, like, as I said last week, the reviewers basically gave, like, Chappelle's special, like, a 0% waiting, rating, which is worse than Batman and Robin, like, one of the worst superhero movies ever. That's what the critics gave it, the audience gave it 100%, so, like, 
now the critics are, you know, just like getting extremely sour and like trying to just, you know, ruin fun and ruin everything. Uh, and people are pushing back against it. So, um, which is good. Now, uh, on the other hand, if we're going to be fair, if we're, if we're, if we're going to be fair, if we're going to look at the other side of this, okay, there are people out there who use comedy, quote unquote, uh, not because they like to be funny, but because they simply want to be assholes and uh, say racist uh, shit out there. Uh, so, you know, and I, I think you all know who I'm, who I'm talking about. Uh, and also, you know, there are some people who, who want to use their, uh, comedy vehicles to kind of LARP in the political sector for a bit. So you guys know who I'm talking about by now. If you're a regular uh, of the program, you know I'm talking Owen Benjamin. Um, and I mean I don't want to spend too much time on Owen here tonight, but at the same time, I I've got to give a hand to Johnny Arcade here because uh, you know like. I still get emails every once in a while, like tweets from uh, Unbearables who are like, hey man, I like your show, but uh, why are you going after Owen? Like, he's he's a conservative. He's just like you. He's just a funny guy, like, trying to do conservative stuff. And, uh, oh, really? Well, then how do you explain this clip from uh, less than a year ago? From like over, over like just over like a little bit of like a year and a quarter. So this was Owen just like a couple of weeks before the uh, 2016 election, when he was uh, full on web. So this is from my boy uh, Johnny Arcade. So uh, thanks, Johnny. Very cool. Uh, I'm not a Trump supporter. Eric writes, Oorah, kill. Eric Nimmer, who, of course, is uh, open for me a lot on the road. He's a, a Marine vet. Awesome, dude. He's, he's somewhat being... Yeah, well, we all know how that is. We all know how that story turned out. Right, guys? Oh, this is... Uh... Yeah. And sarcastic there, but also serious. He's, that that's why I love him so much. You never really know where he stands on anything. Like he he has killed people and yelled rah. He's, I've always considered myself left wing. As much as I am for gay rights, pro choice, uh, everything under the sun that that is American, and I think we know that all of these things are American. That if a woman has a right to choose over her body, she should. Whether or not you agree with abortion or not, that is... So this is quite revealing, too, because uh, Eric Nimmer, for those of you who, uh, you know, 
have been living under a rock, although, you know, I don't know why this audience would be, but, you know, Nimmer uh, was opening for uh, Owen on the Road for longer than I thought, I guess. But, uh, and the Bears have been, like, saying for years that, like, you know, like, Owen's a conservative, and they were saying at one point that Nimmer was, uh, was like a black a black conservative too, but uh, you know now clearly we're seeing that uh, you know neither of them ever were necessarily the DNA of American, and Trump isn't. There is a misconception that women are these frail does just waiting for the right man to give them all the respect they need so that they can finally feel free. No, there's women that want to fuck, and then they want the dude to leave. Because they don't want a relationship at that moment. Down the line, they will or not, but they just don't. I've never, ever run into, like, stalkers or women trying to ruin my life, ever. Because, like, when you engage in honest interaction, it doesn't happen. Even... With all that said, there's still people that would say, Owen Benjamin, that is misogynistic. That is woman-hating. Only a man who hates women sleeps with so many of them without telling them they love them or buying them a dog or sending them to school. That's ridiculous. Yeah, Evil Eric in the chat goes, Nimmer never claimed to be a conservative. I know know that Nimmer never claimed to be a conservative. I, I do know that. I'm not saying Nimmer claims to be conservative, but I'm saying that there were others in the Bears who at the time were saying that Nimmer was a conservative. At least some of them, that, at least some of the ones I interacted with. But again, I mean, I was only there for maybe just over like 95 days. I don't even think it was like a full 100 days before the, uh, you know, before the, the shit hit the fan. That is, that is misogyny. That is making women out to be these little sheep that need corralling, and they're not. But I get why people want the wall, and the irony is there's a zero influx of Mexicans. There isn't even a Mexican problem. That's all bullshit. Yes. Mexicans, there's less Mexicans coming to America than Mexicans leaving America right now. That is well, a fact. Also... Who wants the jobs the Mexican have? The white, the, the white people don't want the jobs that the Mexicans have. They're picking oranges and they're, they're, uh, they're cleaning hotel rooms. America's based on immigrants. We have to have strong immigration. That's why. So this is Owen from like, uh, uh, from like back in 20, you know, 16 or 2015, I guess, on a, on like a, I guess on like a conference call with his mom and this was back when they were both, you know, back when they were both, you know, like out and proud liberals and they were, you know, doing the stereotype of like, well, Americans don't want to do, you know, the hard jobs as Hispanics. Well, they were using that liberal talking more in, in deep down. I mean, I think Owen probably still does believe it somewhat. So... We're strong. 
because the immigrant class class always comes in with fucking hoodspot. They got, you know, they have fire. They come in, they work <laughs> their ass off, then they become lazy fucking cunts like, like me. But, <laughs> but fifth generation. Trump <clears throat> wants to eliminate immigrants. Well, no, Trump wants to uh, have power. He's a sociopath, and and there's yes. people that have blood and. It's very interesting that Owen is saying in this old clip that, you know, Trump is a sociopath and, uh, you know, that tr all Trump wants is power. Uh, you know, considering that Mr. That Big Bear is, uh, you know, ban happy. I think there's a little bit of self-projection there. Here's invested in the dirt they live on. And those people don't yeah. understand how uh, a nation is no longer a nation. And that, you know, some of these Hillary emails that are basic, just basic discourse between politicians. No smoking gun. Right. But the, but the fear is, you know, things like globalization of the world, like no borders, no, no citizenry. And everyone's like, oh, that's, 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 Fucking bigotry. It's like that's like saying if you like the Buffalo Bills and hate. So Owen was a was a Hillary guy uh, as well. Now you know this this goes back to my point that you know now John Eric Hayden, And by the way, please subscribe to Johnny. He's doing great work. Johnny Arcade too. Um. You know, it's it's obvious that um you know, Owen uh was never a conservative. He just uh you know, he he, he wasn't then and now I mean he's still starting to regress back to to liberalism. Now, now he's just using comedy as an excuse to say uh, racist stuff, right? So, and by the way, I am uh, here is a uh, link to Johnny's channel in the chat. Um, I know that most of you guys, I mean, Johnny's got more subscribers than I do, but hey, if you're new here. And you want to sub to Johnny? There you go. There's the there's the link. Um. So I I want to play a couple more videos from uh Johnny, just to illustrate that uh you know Owen is like a perfect example of a guy who, you know on the on the flip side of, you know like we have Louis C.K. who was doing legit comedy. And, uh, you know, getting torn down from the left more, right? But then we have Owen Benjamin, who just wants to say, like, extreme stuff and pass it off as Colony, right? So, let's... Let's use an example. So, um... This is one of Owen's uh, song parodies, quote-unquote. And uh, Owen calls this comedy. 
trans porn. He wants to blame it on China. Don't you mourn all the losses from the Jews, but he's got clues about China comms. He's got a boner pill. Are you ill? Is your dick ill? Take his boner pill. He's got a promo code and a son named Alex who's a homo. The frogs are gay. Say yay. son named Rex runs his mouth on Twitter. Shitter. The guy's a retard. <laughs> um, right. His neck is sweaty. Knees weak. Nickels are heavy. He's got his tranny porn on ready. He's a Jew on the surface, but he says he's Christian. Yeah. He says he hates Joe. He's a schmo, a homo, but he loves him. He goes and robs his slim gym for money. Honey, wanting the nickels. He's got shekels, shekels weighing down his pants to his ankles, yo. He's selling bone and pills. He's a shill. He's got a son named Rex who wants to kill me. Cause I'm not a shill like his dad who's got a sweaty neck. Alex Jones. Freestyle feeds my soul. Hey, buddy. That's catchy. Taking porn on ready. That's heady. Now, oh, please email me. So, uh, yeah. So he basically, his, Owen's kid walked in. That's why he stopped so, uh, abruptly there. But, uh, anyway, how was that funny? Like, I legitimately want to know. How was that funny? At all. It's. It's not. Um. So. Uh, yeah. Hmm, that's weird. I, I guess I uh, actually do have camera settings in this in this program here. Uh, okay, there we go. Uh, by the way, I am going to be getting a, a new uh, webcam here at some point. I just don't know uh, which one. I'm going to get this. This is a uh, new microphone that I've had uh, for uh, for a while now. So, uh, yeah, that's so that's Owen's piano writing writing skills, right? It, is this uh funny? No. Um okay, let's let's go to another one of uh Owen's bits from uh you know John Arcade. Shall we? Um 
Oh yeah, Nero, I've I've been I've been upgrading. This is a this is a new microphone. Uh the 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 um the bass I got is a little tall, but um I mean I think the audio quality is a bit better than the one I had, so um So let's let's see here. No, I don't want to play. I don't want to play. By the way, this is a this is a guy who also claims to be like a piano genius, and yet he he could barely play the uh, eight mile riff well. Uh, okay. Oh, so... <laughs> oh, so this is, Owen, this is Owen's new thing, uh, too. So, uh, I've, I've got to pull this up real, real quick, too. Here. So let me pull up and... Let me pull up a new window on uh, YouTube. So let me uh, let me explain something to you guys too. What 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 you guys have to understand is uh, no, I'm not going to box day you guys because I know that you guys are smart and you do you actually do get comedy somewhat. Um, but um, okay. We got a perfect angle here now. What do you know? Um, so I guess Owen's new thing is um, he's obsessed with the grabbler bit from the onion. Um, so I want to go ahead and actually play that video for you guys. Onion. Uh, grappler. Okay, okay, so there, so, this is a bit from The Onion that's like 10 years old now, from The Onion News Network. Now, The Onion is like a political satire, uh, newspaper. So, um, yeah, this is, this is an old, uh, Onion bit that from like ten years ago that has somehow resurfaced, and Owen is now obsessed with this, and he now also thinks that he is the one who came up with this joke, even though no one had heard of him ten years ago. So, uh, anyway, and by the way, you gotta love the Onion. You just gotta. Uh, so this credit goes to the Onion. Overcomes stress by visiting it as a greedy. Hook-nosed race of creatures. Later on, 
in the hour tips for stretching out your vagina without having a baby. But first, in today's tough economic times, money stresses can really be overwhelming. Yeah, but help is on the way. Author Christine Eckert is here to show us some exercises to reduce stress. Hi, Christine. Good morning. Hi, Jim and Tracy. Christine, I'm so glad you're here. I'm about ready to snap. <laughs> she is. <laughs> the first thing we're going to learn about is problem visualization. Okay. okay. It's a simple method for reducing stress by assigning an image to represent your anxiety. Well, that sounds okay. simple enough. Okay, the first thing I like to do is imagine my money-related stress as the most disgusting, terrifying creature I can think okay. of. I have to imagine an ugly, greasy little creature with a hooked nose and oily black hair. Oh, he ugly is scary. Guy. I call him the grabbler because he's a greedy little monster who wants to grabble up all my money. Ooh. Now close your eyes mm -hmm. and picture the grabbler. Okay, there he is. Now think of all the problems your grabbler is causing. He invented interest rates like the ones on your credit card. Oh. He's taking the jobs because grabblers only hire their own kind. Oh, I just want to oh. get rid now of Now imagine the grabbler slowly disintegrating like a pile of ashes blown oh. away by a purifying oh, okay. wind. Oh. And now you're in a peaceful meadow full of lilies swaying right. in a gentle breeze. Oh, They're nice. not scheming or trying mm. to rob mm. me. How? So, yeah, that's the uh, famous Rattler bit from The Onion, ladies and gentlemen. And for those of you who haven't, who, uh, who are listening to this on the uh, podcast and haven't seen it, I, I do suggest uh, going and watching this because it's hysterical to watch, honestly. Um, now, here's Owen Benjamin's interpretation of the the gravel of it. This is this is what Owen thinks the graveler is basically. Okay, check this crap out. I love you guys for this journey, but there's no more Jew stuff. I'll still I'll still make fun of shit, but I've reached the core. <laughs> Pedophilia is just another sexuality. Ugh. You have to be tolerant to all the sexualities. Pedophilia is just another sexuality. What's next? <laughs> Let me tell you. Okay, now, again, for those of you listening on the audio podcast, um, <laughs> Owen was... Owen is wearing, like, a Jew banker mask and, uh, you know, like, rubbing his fingers together and doing, like, the worst Jew stereotype I've, I've ever heard. It's not even funny. It's just, like, blatantly, right? It's blatantly racist. <laughs> like, the one thing about the onion... The, the one thing about the onion is, uh... <laughs> The the thing that's great about the onion is like they they never directly, you know, say say that it's the Jews or they never they never directly you know like they never make the you know the stereotype like blatantly obvious to the point where you know it's like bashing people over the head with it. It's it's creative. It's you know it's tactical. It's it's good satire. That is not good satire. So that's just, that's an example of, uh, you know, someone who's just being racist. So, you know, and using comedy as a pretty, 
you know, piss poor excuse for it, I think. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's the state of colony. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, oddly enough, you know, like, you know, so, like, that's the thing that does drive me a bit crazy is, uh, you know, we have, uh, you know, we have Louis C.K. who, you know, has made some off-color jokes about his own sexuality, you know, and who constantly makes fun of himself as much as anyone else. And, uh, you know, he's got to be silenced. Uh, you know, his colony is too vulgar. Now, now, granted, he's a lot bigger than Owen is, too, in terms of, like, fame. I, I, I get that part, too. But, uh, you know, like, Owen's not even doing comedy. He's just doing racist, you know, stuff masquerading. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a big difference. So, uh, you know, yeah, cancel culture is bad. But uh, at the same time, let's learn to uh, also recognize that, uh, you know, it's, it's people like Owen who are giving the uh, excuse for cancel culture to exist uh, as well. So, uh, anyway, uh, good stand-up comedy will save America, as I said uh, last week. And, uh, you know, like, Connie, like, what Owen is doing will just be seen as hacky, and, uh, you know, he's just digging himself into a bigger hole. So, uh, yeah. So, um, I think that'll do it for, uh, tonight's show then ladies and gentlemen I want to thank you all very much for uh, tuning into the program Uh, thank you so much for listening I really appreciate each and one of you who has uh, tuned in from all of us here at NGC Studios have a uh, good night God bless and God save this great nation I'll see you next week on uh, the Whitfield Report until then God bless, uh, God save this great nation, and God freedom legacy. In that order, shout out to Mr. John Neri. Hey there, folks. If you've made it this far to the end of the podcast, I'd like to thank you very much for listening to the show. You are the ones that make it possible for me to uh, make an income from podcasting, and I greatly appreciate that. Just by listening to our show, you are helping us gain ad revenue. However, if you would really like to uh, help support the show, I encourage you to please donate to the podcast and become a supporter of the show. You can head over to anchor.fm forward slash Whitfield Report and click the support this podcast button and uh, choose the amount that suits you to support the show. Or you can click the link in the show notes and it will directly uh, take you to that page. 
If you can support the podcast, I really, really appreciate that. Anything that you can do to uh, help out is greatly appreciated. Even if you can't afford to uh, help financially support the podcast, I encourage you to please go on iTunes uh, or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and please leave this podcast a positive five-star review. That really helps us out here at the Whitfield Report. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next episode. Thank you.